from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Thwit, a pang of shame when an embarrassing memory from adolescence rushes back into your head from out of nowhere, which is somehow no less painful even if nobody else remembered it happened in the first place. Acronym of The Hell Was I Thinking. Thwit, from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Jazz yeah. with the Drizzy. Jazz coming with the Drizzy vibes. <laughs> Big Drizzy vibes. Yes, yes, yes. Love it, love it. <laughs> of course, I'm going to be on mute, if anything. But what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome, y'all. If you're tuning in for the first time, glad to have you here. If this is not your first time here, welcome back. Glad to have you. I'm Nanarol, just to put a face to... <laughs> A name. Yeah, and I am uh I'm I'm Dr. Justin Clardy. Happy to be here, you know, Pages Pod. We back, volume eleven. <laughs> voice to a name if you're not actually watching this, but you know. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you your voice gotta be so vivid that it paint pictures, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my my words like movies, you can see them when I say them. No? That's nice. Okay. No, I like uh, you know <laughs> that's <I'm>... Cassie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. Um, I'm in all work in tech. I, I work in tech as a researcher. And uh, that is a little intro about me. But we are Pages, the reading group. The model here is Good Books, Better Dialogue. And quick story about Pages. What's the backstory about Pages, Justin? Pages, the reading group is an online and in real life book club and reading group uh, that aims to ignite critical dialogue over a range of literary texts. So uh, we read a bunch of stuff, books, scripts, movies, newspapers, articles, whatever you want to you know, say we read it. And um, the aim is to kind of really have a high level conversation about whatever it is that we're engaging with. So that's what we're here to do. That's what this arm of the Pages brand does. <laughs> I was going to say arm of the Pages pod, but yeah, arm of the Pages brand does. And uh <laughs> Yeah, we're happy to have y'all here. For sure, for sure. And you are listening to Volume, which is a series, monthly discussion, where we talk about book-ish shit. So that includes books, annotations, reference notes, adaptations, etc. Just like a whole bunch of things that have to do with books. And the best part about it is you do not have to have read to enjoy or engage in our conversations we love to hear from y'all. So if you would like to engage with us, you can find us on the socials at Pages TRG. We are also on the web, of course. So if you want to check out the website, we're at www.pagestrg.com. And we are really, really, really excited today to jump into our topic. We're going to be talking to our very own Justin Clardy. Oh, excuse me. Dr. Justin Clardy. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I appreciate that. It's chill. It's chill. You know, I forget, I forget I got a PhD sometimes. Oh, word. That's why, that's why I say Dr. Justin Clardy on the on the video name. We're not about to front. <laughs> uh, no, I, for, I forgot you'd be working for the feds. My bad. Wow. <laughs> My nah, bad. No, see, I, I just like to keep it real. That's what that is. So. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but before we get into the topic, uh, just a few more things to 
drop so that y'all kind of know where to find us and what we're we're all about. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. So if you do have interest in speaking to us live when we do these recordings, these podcast recordings, or gaining access to some secondary literature um, that complements what we might have in mind for the month, as far as the book of the quarter is concerned, you can check out the Patreon. We have a bunch of different tiers up there, um, and you can find all that information in our notes. Uh, also got Spotify. So whose list was playing just now? Who was we representing? I think that was Jazz List with the Drizzy. Okay, you know, it's dropping early, early April. So by the time they get this episode, I think it should be out. So go stream that on uh, Spotify. Um, that playlist was curated by uh, Jasmine Clarity um, or Scene Queens uh, that go by. And speaking of which, before we go off any further, I do want to say, you know, Jazz. Uh, uh, was the recipient of a Marcus Garvey Award at the University of Utah for uh, her work uh, with Black students and sort of the Black community there at the University of Utah. So shout out to Jazz. Congrats on that. Shout out, Jazz. You know, right? Big congrats. And then also uh, the week of this recording, not necessarily the week in which it will air, but the week of this recording, uh, the homie Kev sat for his comprehensive exam uh, and passed that. So um, and, you know, we, you know, always want to celebrate the wins, whether they be small or big, you know, here at Pages. <laughs> um, but the team is doing well. So, yeah. you know, that's always that's always some some good stuff. You that's what's me? up. I don't know if y'all could hear my fake audience in the background. I don't know if that was like audible, <laughs> like through my mic, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. <laughs> I, think, I think that got you. <laughs> <laughs> OK, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. No, nah. congrats, Kev. I just learned what a, what was it called? A comprehensive? Yeah, comprehensive exam. Com- mm-hmm. um, I just learned what that was, y'all. I did not get my PhD, so uh, it sounded intense. <laughs> so major props to give. Um, but as far as our topic is today, what that is, why it's okay to not be monogamous. That is the title of Justin's book that just dropped. And he is now a published author as of last week uh, of the recording date or time, whatever. Uh, You're a published author, Justin. That's ridiculous. So how does that feel? Is it ridiculous? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I appreciate it. Like, um, yeah, it feels it feels it feels cool. Um, You know, I had done a self-published joint like way back when, when I was a young, when I was a young in which was kind of like my first attempt at publishing. But of course, you know, self-publishing ain't the same thing as a peer-reviewed sort of like academic book and, uh, and that process. And so it was a different process and it feels good to have written something that uh, not only that I hope people will enjoy, but also that my peers respect. Um, so yeah, you know, it feels, it feels like having completed a project, you know, and not just like a book specifically, but like, like whatever project it might be, whether it's gardening your yard and you complete that, you know, you kind of had a sense of satisfaction or whether it's Mm. cleaning up the house on a Saturday, you know, and actually finish that, like, you know, uh, you know, that gives you a sense of satisfaction and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it it definitely is like a, been feeling like a very immense satisfying feeling, you know, and kind of weird. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, you like low key famous almost basically now. 
Nah, 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 <laughs> not quite, not quite. But uh, you know, who knows? Who knows where this project will go? I don't know who has it. I don't know who's reading it or what they'll have to say. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm definitely hood famous. Been famous to the hood. Oh, okay. All day. <laughs> All day. All right. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. So I would imagine that, you know, writing a book, basically getting to like this point in the process, which is like publication and then like whatever happens after publication, I'm imagine I imagine that that was a process and I got to kind of see some of it through you. And so like, how, how was that process for you? Um, the process was interesting, you know, from start to finish. I mean, I think there is the sort of writing of the project, like the actual writing of the book, like typing it out. There's also sort of like the process of structuring and, and getting your arguments together before you even get to the typing. Um, there's also sort of like the editing process, I think, after you, you've you kind of typed up this long process project. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like like the sort of business side of things as well that is not like necessarily the project itself, right? So thinking about uh, the the publishing industry, working with editors, working with uh, um, you know people in acquisition offices for pretty big publishers, and, and corresponding via email across different time zones, and sort of waiting for correspondence to come back in, and you know, not really being sure what you'll be able to ex- exercise your sort of like artistic control over and what you're not going to be able to exercise your mm. artistic control over. So mm-hmm. it was a, the process was a lot of different facets, you know, and it's more than just like, oh, I got some arguments. Let me put them in a book and then that'd be it. You know, the, the pr- revision process, the, the proposal, revising the proposal. It was so many different steps for real. So, um yeah, it, it was, I think, yeah, multifaceted, I think is the best way to describe how I experienced the process, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, which part was the hardest one? I mean, I, I know you're kind of still going through it, but was there a hardest one? Uh, good question. Um, the hardest part of the process, I don't know. Um, I think that for me, you know, when I started doing philosophy, like it, it really felt like what I was supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, when I started doing philosophy, when I got into this game, I got into it because I thought that I had things to say. You know, I thought, you know, yes, I enjoy the teaching aspect, the teaching elements of the job. But I also felt like I was a thinker who had like, you know, um, interesting and unique things to say that could make really, you know, uh, strong interventions in the state of the academic literature, uh, you know, wherever it might be. And so for me, um, it it wasn't really challenging. You know, it was sort of like time consuming. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah. again, structuring arguments, finding the language, making sure you get up every morning to go put the work in and all of that stuff. You know, I'm sure for some writers, maybe uh, that is a challenge. But for me, I experience it as like, Kind of just like an extension of my being in a certain way, so it doesn't really seem like hard. Damn, you you said this is part of who I am. This shit, was- <laughs> <laughs> this shit was cake. Okay, this is part of who I am. I woke up like yeah. This. I actually thought about putting <laughs> icing on the cover. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for like, you know, giving us at least a little bit of glimpse into like how you're thinking about the process and like what that's like for you. I know, um, 
just at least from like the perspectives of a few different authors that I have had the chance to like had a com- have a conversation with or even just hear maybe at their book event or whatever, like whenever somebody asks about the process, it just seems like it's similar in some ways for some folks, um, but also really different and unique in a lot of other ways. And so I think it's, I personally think it's really interesting, like the the differences, especially in how people go about writing books and like getting that, getting that done. No, for real. And I think like, you know, a lot of it has to do with the kind of project that it is, right? You know, for me, this book, Why It's Okay to Not Be Monogamous is a, is an ethics book. You know, um, I have training in ethics. Um, and so it was just a straightforward, just a philosophy book where I'm sort of treating, where I'm crafting and treating arguments, you know, and trying to structure them, you know. Oh, that actually, I do have a challenging part of the process, to be honest. But yeah, I'll say that in a second. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, like um, structuring the arguments is, is kind of like, you know, its own kind of process, right? It's not like I have to think up characters or give these characters a plot line and a backstory and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. right? And I imagine that being a different kind of creative process. But yeah, definitely a writing argument for me is that's like I say, I do this all the time, even in conversations with family and friends daily, you know, whether it's I'm talking to the homie Kev, whether I'm talking to my pops, whether I'm talking to you, Alicia, whoever, you know, I'm I'm always pretty much locked in, you know what I'm saying? And y'all can kind of attest to that fact. But um, going back to sort of like, you know, w- what about the process might have been the most challenging? I do think that after the original uh, format of the book was 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 done, you know, my editor told me, hey, this kind of reads like a dissertation. Um, maybe sort of like think about how you can, you know, reshape the chapters, maybe move chapter four to chapter two, which I ultimately did. And then there was these other two chapters that I collapsed into each other, the the chapters on identity. Um, well, the, the, the bits about identity ultimately exist now in one chapter, but they didn't at first. And that was kind of challenging, kind of thinking about like, bro, if I got arguments, why do arguments just can't do, the, do they work? Why do we have to think about like shaping it and crafting it? Uh, into this sort of like narrative structure and other readers, I mean, other thinkers that I uh, admire have things to say about narrative structure and, you know, how amenable it is to, to telling the kinds of stories that we want to tell. So, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, that's, you know, I, because I didn't get my PhD, I guess I don't know what, what a dissertation is structured like. And so it's just, it's, it's interesting to kind of, hear that like there's a writing style that is dissertation versus like maybe something that's more fit for publication in a book versus maybe something that's more fit I don't know if like a dissertation is just like a long article um like research article maybe but yeah it's kind of it's a a collection of them I think it depends on the field and but I was gonna say it's probably like learning how to cuss for the first time (laughs) (laughs) how it's like you know you first learn the cuss word and then you don't really know how to use it for real. So you say it and it's kind of awkward. It's like, okay, I see what you was trying to do there, but, you know, stylize it like this, you know, situated between this word and this word. And then you really get that dramatic effect. You know what I'm saying? So, I I mean, I think about it kind of like that, I guess, you know, because there's definitely a right and wrong way to cuss, man. (laughs) Nah, for real. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's how I take it off. Uh, I agree. (laughs) Um, but cool. So we've talked about the process a little bit. Now I want to get into like why you even wrote this book in the first place. Like what, I like, why did you write it? Yeah, because I was asked to, 
Um, so, huh. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. In an interesting way, the publisher approached me, um, as, uh, as having been familiar with some of my other work, some of my smaller papers that I published on, on similar topics, mm-hmm. um, and was like, Hey, we're doing a book series called why it's okay. Gave me a little bit of a spiel about the series and, um, really kind of pitched me was like, you know, we think that your voice as a part of this series, uh, could make a splash. It is important. And I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like, after having read a little bit more about the series, I was like, yeah, I think I can make a contribution here um, and write an ethics book. Um, and that's kind of like the, that's why I actually wrote it and got it published. But I mean, yeah. there's also more layers to that, right? Like um, when I was in graduate school, I wanted to write my dissertation on polyamory. And I was told that a dissertation on non-monogamy or polyamory wasn't marketable, in fact. And so Ooh. I went a different route. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So I went a different route. I, I, I looked at love still, or particularly the emotion of tenderness in relation to poverty and in relation to the American criminal justice system. Um, and that ended up being my dissertation. So in some senses, I felt like, ah, these these arguments about polyamory and non-monogamy that I've had cooking, I really need a venue and a space to get them off. And it would be nice to get them off in like one space as opposed to having to do a series of papers kind uh, of, you know, trying to argue the same point. Yeah. So that was also a part of my, uh, I guess my thinking going into it. And then, you know, um, at the time I was approached by the publisher to, to write this book. Um, I had just recently gotten, uh, a job, um, where mm-hmm. on the tenure track where, you know, tenure and promotion, uh, were becoming more prominent things I was thinking about. And it was also an opportunity to satisfy, uh, what's, what's, what's asked of me by way of publishing, you know, as a professor at my, at my institution. So, yeah. um, so yeah, it was kind of like a couple of different prongs. Okay. Well, look, okay. First of all, light flex on being approached for a publication of a book. I mean, look, yeah, okay. You know. <laughs> so they actually reached out to me. Um, yeah, so. that don't happen often. I learned. I, learned. Well, I mean, I feel like, yeah, no, it does not. <laughs> So that's like some hot shit. Um, I, Even as I'm trying to get this second one off, I'm like, "Yo, where mm-hmm. they gonna come?" Nah, but <laughs> that, yeah, no, that's that's pretty dope. And I think that also is like kind of a testament to maybe how you've been maneuvering, like within the space as well, as far as like that person or this organization or whomever knowing that oh, this is actually something that is one interesting, two like needs to be heard and three I know the person who is like saying these things and like the way that they're saying them. Right. so yeah right. that's that's pretty dope like, yeah and I think I was recommended to them um by a colleague of mine who we've discussed on the pod Maisha Cherry so ah, shout out to Maisha yeah shout out Maisha <laughs> you know? yeah thank you for thinking of me um and yeah and sending them my way so yeah no, I love that. And I feel like that speaks to the importance of like connection and I would say networking, but I have like a very uh, negative, I don't know, association, feeling association when it comes to networking, I think just because of the tech industry in general. But um, yeah, shout out to that. That's, that's that's pretty dope. And so. Yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a, it was a look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on time. Yeah. And so can you explain just really quickly, because you mentioned like this publisher, they are they were working on like a why it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And so Mm -hmm. like, how does how does that work? 
Um, that's probably a question that's more appropriate for the publisher to answer, maybe. Um, but you know, sometimes they publish a series of books um, on a, a certain topic. So this topic is why it's okay. And so within this series, there are other books in ethics that are making other arguments like why it's okay to not vote, why it's okay mm. to watch bad movies, why it's okay to um, be lazy, why it's okay to, you know, be an overachiever. I don't know, th yeah. like these sorts of things, like yeah. all of these books in this series are making an argument for why something is okay, you know? And so, I see. Um, yeah. So it's like all kind of like this ethical, these ethical questions that maybe we don't give too much deep thought about. Um, it sounds like just like on the regular. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For why it's okay to not be monogamous. Mm -hmm. I, am imagining i think we are starting to see now that people are starting to get their hands on it or maybe even just seeing that it's been published period but we're starting to see people make comment on why it's okay to not be monogamous and so now that it's out and available for anybody to buy like from anywhere they that sells books um can you give us a quick recap of like what is actually in the book? Because I'm sure that this could prompt some <laughs> immediate thought as to like what yeah. might be in there and have people making up their minds early on without really even picking it up. So like, what did you write about? <laughs> yeah, so um, I wrote about, you know, my take on why I think it's okay to, to not be monogamous. And so um, how I've arranged the book is to start by start out by talking about what is non-monogamy, right? I want to sort of, I, I start out by laying the landscape and I'll consider uh, a variety of non-monogamies, right? And I think that that's mm -hmm. a very nuanced point. Um, a lot of times people talk about non-monogamy as if it is sort of like a singularity or like a monolith or something like that, when in, when in fact there's a variety of different non-monogamies, um, some more ethical, right, I guess, than others, um, but anyways, I start with sort of like laying that landscape. And then in uh, chapter two, I actually advanced the argument, right, of why it is okay to not be monogamous. And I do so um, in a couple of different ways. But, you know, I guess uh, <clears throat> a rough and ready way to describe this argumentative strategy that I use was to sort of say, look, here are these arguments that people offer for why it's not okay, right? Starting with you know, their claims of like, you know, why it's not okay. Yeah. And so I kind of try to show that, uh, and I think I do so rather effectively, um, that these arguments come up short when trying to establish the conclusion that they want, which is ultimately that non-monogamies are wrong um, or to be non-monogamous is somehow wrong or not okay. Um, and then I kind of start to point out different virtues um, that, uh, non-monogamy has, right? So thinking about sort of like what it might offer, like family structures. I talk about, um, you know, economic mobility. I talk about sort of um, uh, how they contribute ultimately to a, a flourishing and well-lived life for some folks, mm -hmm. you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I actually kind of talk about like whether or not these are identities. You know, sometimes we hear people say things like I am monogamous or I am non-monogamous where this and claim is functioning as kind of like, you know, 
a proclamation of being, right? I am this thing, right? Um, and, you know, I argue that monogamy and non-monogamy in the most strictest sense are in fact not identities. Um, but I also try to carve out a language uh, through which we could understand what it might mean when an individual says, oh, I am this, or I am this, like, so I am non-monogamous, or I am, you know, monogamous or something like that. Um, and I do that by sort of highlighting a set of beliefs and yeah. describing uh, this uh, process of like resonance, like the, the extent to which, you know, these beliefs resonate with you uh, is also the, the, like, the more likely you are to identify as whatever that thing might be, right? In this case, okay. non-monogamous or, or monogamous. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then finally, I kind of talk about, um, you know, the situation of, of non-monogamous in our society, in, in societies at large. And I, I explore what society's obligation and obligations are to uh, the individuals who, uh, you know, engage in non-monogamy practices, son of life, so on and so forth. Okay. And that's a heavily focused on the institution of marriage. Okay, got you. So it sounds kind of like a uh, an introduction into like what all of this stuff is as far as like mm -hmm. the non-monogamies mm -hmm. that you talked about before and kind of going into um, why non-monogamy is okay. <laughs> and then... Uh, kind of even diving further, looking into like how people are using non-monogamous in a way as far as like identities, you know, like what you were mentioning before, and then going more into the political aspect of like how kind of that affects people situationally, like within um, like the political atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely right. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like pretty well-rounded to me. And like full disclosure, I have read the book. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the book and um, have gotten to be pretty familiar with um, the the argument as a whole and just like chapter by chapter. And so that's when you talked a little earlier um, as you were going through the recap about non-monogamies and like making sure to point out like the non-monolith that non-monogamy uh, contains. And so I'm curious, like, I know in your book, you mentioned um, single people, you talk about friendship as well. And so can you kind of dig into like what those have to do with non-monogamy? Because I don't think that I was associating those things with non-monogamy prior to, to reading what you had to say. Yeah, well, cool. I'm happy to have sort of been able to play a positive role in getting you to think critically about these things. Um, What's going on, Page Turners? And thank you for joining us for this episode of Volume on the Pages Pod. If you like what you heard and would like to access the full episode, please subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash pages TRG, where just for $5 a month, you can access our Silver Pages tier, which not only provides access to full episodes of the Pages Pod, but also to our quarterly newsletter discussing all things Pages TRG, the Pages archive of secondary resources such as research articles that enhance the reading experience, the Turning Pages reading playlists that complement the reading experience curated by members of the Pages Collective, early access to merch and our live events, and much, much more. Thanks again for listening, and we're happy to have you as a part of our Page Turning community. Peace. Pages Pod.
It's like a tape. 